As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show presented by Sling. Ari, we were going to be talking games all day, and I was very excited about that. But there's some some fairly big news in the college football universe today. So we will be picking Thursday night games against the spread later in the show. Cannot wait. Backyard brawl. Purdue, Penn State. Tennessee, Ball State. I mean, you name it. If it's playing on Thursday, we're, we're, we're talking about it. But we got to talk about some bigger picture stuff because apparently the folks who run the sport just cannot just let us enjoy some games. Mm-mm. So is this good news or bad news for us? This is good news because people are obsessed with it, but bad news because we don't get to talk about football as much. Right, right. So let's let's get this out there. And obviously now Friday, you and I and Nicole Auerbach are going to pick the Saturday games against the spread and probably make fun of you about potentially eating a whole bottle of mustard. Well, I'm going to tell you week. one thing. If okay. Nicole's going to be joining us every every picks, mm-hmm. she's on the hook with these bets, too. So oh, she, no she better she better be ready to house an entire bottle of uh, of mustard herself. So she better be careful what she says to me, because I'm the steaks. You know, I'm going to have her put down two quarter pounders of cheese if we have to. Oh, we will get to that. We will. There's a Washington <laughs> player who cut out. Mc, well, change either cut out McDonald's or just changed his order. I, I'm I'm unclear, but uh, yeah, Nate Kalepo's uh, McDonald's order, at least his old McDonald's order prior to him losing thirty pounds. We have to discuss that as well. That is right in the wheelhouse of this show. But first, we got to talk college football playoff. Our friend Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. And this is one of those nights when Ross posts the picture of the, the glass of bourbon mm-hmm. on Twitter. Uh, basically, the presidents, the board of managers that runs the college football playoff. That So you've got the commissioners of each of the conferences. They do their thing. There are presidents above them that handle the the final decisions. They're the ones that make the final votes on things. They are fed up with not having progress on expansion. They would like to vote on it on Friday. And basically, now, basically would like to say, hey, we want you to expand. But it sounds like if they do that, they will leave the particulars to the commissioners. And the window still open to expand before the contract runs out, which would be after the 2025 season. 
So potentially to expand before the 2024 season, Ari, I may not have to eat a hat. Do you remember I, I said that I would eat eat my hat if they didn't, you know, after they told us what that 12-team yes. proposal was going to be? I would eat my hat if they wait until 2026. Maybe I won't have to eat a hat. I still think I may have to eat a hat. And if you if you do have to eat the hat, you're literally going to eat the hat. I may get a hat-shaped cake. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, I didn't really <laughs> specify how, how that was going to work. But um, yeah, it's very interesting to me, Andy, because they could potentially expand the playoff before conference expansion stops. Right. Well, I, I will say there's another piece of news that we're going to get to in a few right. minutes involving the Big 12 that also affects Oklahoma and Texas and when they may or may not be able to go to the SEC all of this seems and to also be set- puts them in a, in a position of power to potentially present to new members of the conference, which implies expansion could still be continuing. Right. So there's all of that. This all seems like a way to say the sport is setting itself up for a reset in 2024, because that's when USC and UCLA go to the to the Big Ten. Potentially, that's when there's new. There's definitely a new TV deal in the Pac-12. Potentially, there's a new one in the Big Twelve. It is going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do because, given everything that happened the last time around, when they had a plan in place that actually seemed to address a lot of people's desires and satisfy the most possible people, that they couldn't come to an agreement. And and the other thing that that I want to point out that people need to remember about if they want to expand early, it has to be unanimous. So, I am curious. Because I've been told different things. Will the Big Ten go for any of this if it means that it puts ESPN, which is not a Big Ten partner anymore, in some sort of position of power to grab most of the next version of the playoff? I don't think they're going to go. I don't think the Big Ten will go for that because Fox is, I mean, Fox basically ran the Big Ten's TV negotiations, but Fox is pulling a lot of strings in the Big Ten. I don't think they go for anything that doesn't allow them to get in on this thing. Yeah, yeah, that's a really tough, that's a difficult uh, situation behind the scenes when it comes to like business people and who's actually pulling the strings of the sport. Because it's like when you think about conference expansion, you don't necessarily consider the optics of, of the television channels that are going to get to air them. Yeah. Um, so it, and to make it unanimous, you have to make sure that everybody's in line and pulling in the same direction, not just from a kumbaya, what it was good for college football aspect, but a, the more important aspect here, Andy, which is the financial one. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it, it doesn't seem like that would be the best scenario for the Fox channels, obviously, and the and the people who are paying the Big Ten a billion dollars a year to air their games. Exactly, exactly. So now, here's the thing, and I talked about this before, when they were negotiating all that stuff, before the negotiations fell apart. Again, I've been told different things, but one of the things that that someone who has seen a lot of these deals has told me is it is possible that if you add new games that are not part of the bowl structure, that are part of the playoff, which would be those first round, or the opening round games on campus, that you could potentially sell them to whoever you wanted to because they are something different. Free agents. Right. And so I find it very hard to believe that ESPN wouldn't have first right or refusal on that, that they wouldn't be able to say, no, we will buy that for whatever price you you want to charge. But I guess conceivably the the powers that be could charge so much that ESPN balks at it and say Fox doesn't. And it actually, 
Is there a number that, that could cause either of those channels to balk at it? I'm sure like, there is. There is, there is well, you think? Historically, Rupert Murdoch companies have tried to reset the market in situations like this and have paid astronomical sums that nobody thought anybody would pay, and it got them into position. That, that's what Sky Sports did with the, the first Premier League TV contract in the 90s. That's what Fox did to get the NFL away from CBS in the early 90s. Because basically, CBS was like, well, we've been doing the NFL forever. We're just going to up our bid a little bit, and they'll give us the... And then when the Fox bid came in, the people at CBS were like, oh my God, we would never pay that. Yeah. And Fox got it, and then CBS found out how bad it is to not have the NFL, and... Then the next time around, they had to pay. It takes some so, thick skin at the beginning, but you know what you're buying. Exactly. Like you're buying a property that is invaluable and will be watched by, what, what's the average viewership on that? 10, mil, 10 million, 15 million plus on those games? For, for the playoff games? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about getting at least 10 million and, and up, to, up into the 20s if it's and a good enough game. To your point, when it comes to the entertainment aspect of all those things, any additional opening round games that would theoretically be played on campuses will go through them. Will go through the sky too. It doesn't matter what round it is. If it's a playoff game, I think that it'll it'll garner uh, similar. Like, do you think that like a you know a, a random pit versus uh, I don't know Cincinnati game in the first round uh, will will achieve numbers the same way that a first round semifinal game would in the current system? No, but but I'll tell you which one does. Let's say Georgia. Alabama being nine and two, or Georgia. Yeah, being let's say, nine, let's say nine Georgia has to go to Michigan. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, who doesn't want to watch? Well, I mean, you've that. got properties like Michigan yeah. State, Penn State, Notre Dame, all right. these, all these, like Florida, who, who doesn't, Texas, who do, exactly. Like Florida yeah. and Penn State are a good example. Those are teams that would have made a twelve-team playoff. A I think each one would have made it three times had had it been put into effect yeah. in twenty fourteen. Can you imagine what people would want? How many people would want to watch? Florida going to Happy Valley. So you're saying you have to be a psychopath like the people who listen to our show and me and you to watch, you know, some random pit game. You're still going to watch a playoff that. game. I think that listen, everybody's going to watch them. Still. We're all watching pit tomorrow night. We will, we will get to that. I cannot wait. I mean, in every single person. Brawl. Well, the reason why I use pit is because pit would have been or in tonight. last year. Yes. Um, you know, so it might not have the, the largest fan base in the entire world, but I think that college football generals, you know, general fans of the sport will consume any game regardless of who's playing in it, if it has playoff It has stakes. stakes. And also, yeah. remember, whoever wins that game is going to play whoever, you know, there's, there's a team sitting. If it's the 12-team model, we don't know what it's going to be. You know, there's been talk about a 16-team model. Does which, the vagueness of it scare you at all? I just don't think they're going to let it be. I think if it's too vague and they can't come to an agreement, they're just going to say, it's too hard to do, let's do it in 2026. So you know the the person who wrote that book, the the evolution book that we all had to. Re- I think it's banned now. <laughs> I don't know if it's banned or not. The Are you evolution- about Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. That's right. Okay. And you know the evolutionary chart of the ape that's morphing into the human. Yes. I feel like college football is that is that ape right now that's that's morphing into its final self. So what is it? Wait, is this is this Cro-Magnon or Neanderthal college football? I think is it's that- Neanderthal right now. Oh, okay. Uh, and it, it wants to become Homo sapien at the end, right? Right. But as it's getting up and growing and walking upright, the climate that it's going to ev- evolve into isn't completely set yet. So, like, I'm thinking of like this this Neanderthal that's changing based on on what is most uh, apt for his survival 
at the current landscape of the world, right? And then it right. not being completely intact yet, which means that too much evolution before the, the foundation settles is a scary proposition to me. Yeah, I Because you evolve into the thing that you're supposed to be living in, but if you're evolving while that thing's not set, you follow what I'm saying? It doesn't make any sense. I do, and the, the other part of this is the business end of this. It is really hard when you have existing contracts and people have motivation to not give any... Like, if, if everybody had the motivation to just say, let's rip up the old one and start a new contract in 2024, that would be easy. But I don't think this is easy because ESPN has no motivation to give any other network a chance to horn in on this thing. So they would be like, no, 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 we want to control it till 2026. And then, you know, if, if you'd like to make the deal till 2030, hey, we're here for that too. Yeah. And of course, the Big Ten, which again, Fox pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes, is going to be like, nope, 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 not doing that. And it but has to be way- unanimous. You know, if you take away the business side of it, though, Andy, doesn't the way that the playoff is structured as it pertains to automatic bids, total slots, um, doesn't the way the college football is situated have to be set in stone to have a clearer picture of how you'd want that to be set up? Because automatic big bids kind of pertains yes. to how many conferences there are, uh, you know, how many conferences could, are going to be entitled be to those automatic bids. trying to, to control further realignment? I mean, it could be. But I don't know. How, I don't know how you possibly could could create a system that's going to start before eat your hat territory when the entire scope of what the conferences are going to look like could be dramatically different in twelve months from now. It, like it, I, it I, is, we yeah, forgot about rate alignment, but it's still very much alive because it hasn't right. just because nothing happened in the last two months. Everyone's forgotten about it. But like right. it Oregon and Washington still suddenly. think they deserve to go to the Big Ten. Yeah. With with USC and what the and Big UCLA. Twelve is doing with these early con- uh, television contract negotiations is trying to put itself from a leverage standpoint in there to have future earnings to present to potential future partners. Exactly. I mean that's the whole point of this to to know exactly how much money's coming in in order to be more sexy to the people they're going to convince to try to join their conference. That's exactly right. We'll be right back after this message from one of our lovely sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There was other big news on Wednesday, and that is the Big 12 wants to enter discussions with ESPN and Fox about an accelerated timeline for a new TV deal, which theirs ends in 2025, in June 2025. So the new deal would start with the 2025 football season. Uh, The Pac-12's ends a year earlier. The Pac-12 has already triggered its early negotiating window, but does not yet have a deal. 
the the Big 12, if you read the, the release, they did not trigger their early negotiating window. I'm getting very in the weeds here. But basically, they said they're going to talk to the broadcast partners about, about a potential deal. There's a couple pieces to this, Ari. One is the whole Big 12 versus Pac-12 thing. You know, one saying, no, we're stable. The other saying, no, we're stable. And if the Big 12 can get an earlier deal, then it could have some certainty if it would like to try to go after Pac-12 schools. Ditto if the Pac-12, which may want to expand, wanted to go after some Big 12 schools. So kind of feels like they're fighting to the death here a little bit, doesn't it? It does. It does feel that way. And I don't know if this necessarily means that ESPN or Fox are going to be willing to do anything. You know? Yeah, that's it, the number one question that I had when I read this today was, what if they start hearing numbers they don't want to hear? Well, like, they've got to be they've got to be prepared for that, right? Yeah, and you're also you've got a, a situation where now, especially ESPN, I don't know about Fox because at this point, I don't think Fox has any interest in the Pac-12 anymore. I think USC and UCLA were the ones they wanted. They got them in the Big Ten. And that's it. Yeah, I don't think they care. But it sounds like Fox still might have some interest in the Big 12, which seems like an advantage for the Big 12. But I don't know. It, it, it depends because this is I keep telling people this. None of these people are going to overpay just because somebody wants it or needs it or, or they're not stupid. They know what this stuff's worth. So but it seems like the television uh, executives are the ones with the leverage here. Oh yeah, because 100%. the conferences the conferences are the ones that want to get this done as soon as possible because they're racing their friends or their yes. enemies, depending on how you want. And to look now at it. you leverage yeah. the Big Twelve against the Pac twelve and vice versa. If you're ESPN, and who and wants like, to sign first, and who wants to have some paper or some figures on paper that you can that you can clutch to as you try to survive? Yeah, it is kind of like be... a pawn shop, maybe a little bit. You know, when you're in Vegas and you lose all oh, your yeah. money and you want to pawn your watch. Listen, I watched a lot of Pawn Stars back in the day, Ari. I, I I got listen. I got to bring in an expert. He's going to take a look at it, see if it's really you know if it was really used in the Civil War. And if it was, I'll give you ten percent of what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'm hoping to get a hundred fifty thousand dollars, and Rick's like, I'll give you twelve bucks. I will say I've been in the store there, the Pawn Star store. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty cool place. There's like interesting, unique things in there. So do you think that that Burke Magnus from ESPN or Eric Shanks from Fox is going to be Rick from Pawn Stars with the, I mean, uh, the, pick, are they the experts on the Big on 12? Every, are they experts on every little thing that comes through the door? Well, they're experts on this, and they can probably bring in their own expert. They're independent. Yeah, we'll bring in our own well, expert. Uh, what's I got Texas a guy. And Oklahoma? I got a guy in. who knows exactly what Texas and Oklahoma are worth. <laughs> I got another guy who knows exactly what USC and UCLA are worth. And whatever the answer to that question is, we're going to give you even less than you think you're worth. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't. It's like I'm trying to come up with an like a dumb Ari you Wasserman just did. analogy. The pawn shop is the greatest analogy there is. <laughs> yeah, no, but like you take something in like. The 1969 Corvette Stingray, black. Yep. There's a big scratch on the side of it. And you're just hoping they won't notice. <laughs> they'll notice. <laughs> and they'll be like, well, this is, I mean, this knocks like 30 grand off the price. <laughs> and then they'll buy it, you know, for the ridiculously low price. And they'll, and they'll be like, oh, we're going to take it to our body guy. He's going to fix it for like 500 bucks. Yeah. And then taking <laughs> it to the body guy, if you're, if you're the television studios is hopefully getting that conference uh, television rights at a much better deal than putting them in a position to expand and then getting better dollar for dollar value on the investment that you made than it was worth when you made that contract.
This has been quite a week, by the way. I, uh, Go Bucks 5 has pointed out we have Bible stories on Tuesday from Jim Harbaugh. We have you talking Darwin, and now we have Pawn Stars. And if anybody Matthew, didn't know any better, they would think I'm an atheist. Yes, I go and, from not knowing what the Old Testament, the, which which book uh, or which Bible we were referring to, to the the talk of evolution. Right, like that's uh, I'm not atheist, by the way. I. Uh, Storage Wars became the must-seem show. And I'll Matthew, tell you. Matthew in the comments now saying Pawn Stars was great, but then Storage Wars became the must-see must show. Andy, me and my brother-in-law, yep. we, st- we stumbled upon this thing where you can buy like a box of just shit, like just random stuff that's like in this box. We've talked the, about this on the show, Ari. We have? Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> and it's just like random like computer parts and stuff. You don't know what any of it is, and you don't know what else is in the box. You bid on it. It was like digital storage wars. You don't think that people have looked through that before they like, at least with storage wars, you're watching them cut the lock. I think what it was, was like Amazon factory uh, returns of like stuff they didn't sift through. They're just trying to get rid of it. And I think some of it was open box items or whatever. And they're just trying to like get rid of it. So then you can pay less than what's in the box because it hasn't been sifted through. And the gamble is that, hey, you might come on. You might pay a hundred bucks for this box of crap, but in that box you could find like a digital, like sound card for your computer that's being sold for eight hundred bucks and like eight times your money in like a second. And I watch Storage Wars, and I know it's completely like uh, staged, staged. But are you telling me that you and I you wouldn't go with me to a a, a real one if they did it? One hundred percent, I would go. Do you know how much you. fun that would be? Oh, looking through somebody's like, old crap, absolutely. <laughs> It'd be amazing. Like, <laughs> like there's like an antique toy from 1963 back there that's worth 10 grand. You paid so, 70 bucks for the storage locker. So with the Big 12, and, and we have tortured this analogy enough, but the, the Big 12 clearly wants to make a deal and wants that deal to, to fall at the same time as the Pac-12 new, new deal. Coincidentally, that is when the SEC's Final deal with ESPN, the one that was the CBS package, goes to ESPN in 2024. The Big 12 has two members that are headed to the SEC. Brett Yormark, the new commissioner of the Big 12, has said he would be open to the possibility of some sort of exit agreement as long as it made all parties better off. Right. That may be happen like the, the the tracks for that may be being laid right now because it wouldn't shock me, and we've said this before on the show, but it really wouldn't shock me now if you saw Texas and Oklahoma in the SEC in 2024, they probably would have to take a little haircut, write a check, leave some money with the Pac-12 or with the Big 12, Which however, is- however that works. Because this remember, Texas and Oklahoma going to going to the SEC also becomes a bargaining chip for the Big 12. When dealing with ESPN. Yeah, right, right. Because there's like a package deal there that maybe you could come up with. Or, you know, you know, more allocation towards one end. Uh, it's still kind of coming from the same boat. I don't know. Uh, the, the funniest thing about this whole thing is that I think that the general sentiment of fans, Andy, is that they hope that the college football landscape takes its final form sooner rather than later. Because there yeah. is something just that just feels weird about watching Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12 still. You know, and it's like the sooner we can get USC and UCLA in the Big Ten and Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC, it can start to feel like, well, this is the sport that we're dealing with. And it kind of feels like we're just like in this weird limbo of waiting for teams to leave former conferences, go to the new conferences, all while we don't know what the playoff is going to look like. And it's just kind of like 
It's purgatory. Watching a car. Yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's, it, it's I don't college like it. football so, purgatory. And and building a new playoff in purgatory. It just I don't know. It seems just kind of bizarre to me. But you know, whatever you got to do to get the dollar, I guess. Well, that's what I, I still wonder is: Are these presidents with the CFP vote? Are they trying to control realignment a bit and slow it down and stop it? Because that's the one thing that, even though the presidents are the ones that cause all this stuff, they don't like it, and they don't want to be blamed for it. So, so if it was a if it was a attempt at control, take me into Andy Staples uh, in charge land and tell me how that how you think that would manifest maybe it offers a sense of stability to the big 12 and the pac 12 if they feel that their champion is going to get into that expanded playoff which would calm those schools down like any school that might be considering jumping from one to the other would calm them down and make them want to stay with the schools but they're with how much would an individual school that might be approached to leave the conference or be apt to want to leave be swayed by the potential of playing in a conference that has an automatic bid when all the TV money is what's really driving the boat. Like, how important is that? Because they're not getting the TV. There's only a few of them that, that would be in line for the TV money. And so the ones that have accepted reality and know they're not getting that TV money just want stability. They just want to know where they're going to be. They want be. to see it at the table, even if they don't get to eat as much right. as the other people. Exactly. They want yeah. to know. They want to know they have a chance that if they win their league, they have a chance to be in the playoff. That they're still viewed as being on that level. And if I'm Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Washington State, Oregon State, if I'm those schools, I want that. I want that stability now. Yeah. Especially because the world is so dysfunctional with with teams that have less passionate fan bases or less robust fan bases having a seat at the best table Mm -hmm. you know there's there's teams that are in the sec and in the big 10 that are just kind of like i'm happy we're in this conference oh i know and it and it it frustrates the the schools i just mentioned it frustrates their fans to no end you imagine that like oklahoma state's fans temperament looking at an illinois fan oh yeah they're furious absolute fury it seems wrong same way about vanderbilt Oh, you're yeah. exactly right. Kevin with a good question. Do you think the Big Ten and the SEC would be okay with automatic qualifiers? I do because I think they understand it makes it a more national sport that will produce more money in playoff revenue, ultimately, and will probably keep casual fans watching their games. This is I wrote about this a few weeks ago, Barry, where I imagined like I'm an Oklahoma State fan or a Washington State fan. And if my leagues get basically shut out of the playoff, if they create some, if they created some sort of smaller playoff where it was mostly going to be Big Ten and SEC schools, I'm out. Like I'm not watching, yeah, watching Ohio State, Wars. Michigan. I'm not. I'm watching Storage Wars instead. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Well, why it, would you? Why would you be engaged? Fifty million anymore? people watch Ohio State, Michigan. They're not all Ohio State and Michigan fans. Like I know that's maybe five million of them. The other ten million are coming from somewhere else. Yeah, wanting to be a part of the show and know that how is this game going to impact the sport that my team's a part of? Right, right. So it behooves the Big Ten and the SEC to let them. Also, automatic qualifiers is good, but like also, it's not like the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be starved for at-large bids either. In that same exactly, and I also don't think that because the Big Ten's insistence on naming the conferences that get the automatic qualification that was just a way to stall to make that 
not happen. There's, there's no, no possible way that they could do that right now. Well, there's and there's no need to do it now. Like the Big Ten will never be left out. <laughs> it will always have multiple teams in the in the playoff. Yeah. So that it's it's not even an issue for them. So, so do you think that they could they could vote for a playoff expansion uh, to occur in the next two years and and have a scenario where they can iron out the details later? Or do you I think suppose. they have to have the have the plan in place? I think if you're going to do it by 2024, you better have the bones of the plan. Now, they do have a plan that was created over the course of two years that they talked about for a year and didn't do. If they wanted to just say that's the plan, they could do that. Yeah, also, too, your automatic qualifiers, even if you have the... Uh, um, even if you have the the AQs that are from certain conferences right now that are in flux, you can keep the same system and just switch around which conferences are the beneficiaries of that too later. Like if you exactly. if you have to. Yeah, so, I, I I tend to agree with former Big Twelve Commissioner Bob Bowlesby who who said it was basically lawsuit bait if you if you name those conferences. Just make it the six highest ranked if you're going to do six, or the four highest ranked if you're going to do four. Like just do that and 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 call it a day. If it's the six highest ranked then you're going to get one of what we know now as the group of five in there. And chances are you could get two because we don't know what the, the Pac-12 is going to look like post The six highest UCLA. ranked conference champions, you're saying? Yes, yes. That's what the, the proposal that they shot down said. Yeah. So and that could change, and it doesn't matter what the conferences look like because that could right, still remain. And, the case. and more than likely, that puts the you know the SEC's champ, the Big Ten's champ, the ACC's champ, and then you're probably going to have the Big Twelve, probably the Pac twelve, probably the American, but maybe the Mountain West. Like yeah. everybody's going to feel a little more included, and then you'll have a situation where if somebody's the the twelfth best team, they're they're probably going to be able to get in. So. Uh, Kevin, assuming the Power Five doesn't break away from G Five, Kevin, there's no Power Five anymore. There's Power Two. It's gone. Guy, yeah. This this is the hardest thing. This was the hardest thing back in the day. I remember when the the BCS changed the playoff, and I kept trying to explain to people there are no more BCS AQ conferences. Like, it doesn't work that way anymore because there were six of those. The Big East was one of them. Yep. There's no Power Five after this. It's not five. It's two. It's Power Two, but the remaining leftovers of the Pac-12 and the Big 12 I think are still held in a slightly higher regard than we viewed a lot of the G5 during the heart of the correct current, and the, and the ACC will be viewed as this kind of upper middle class yes that's, that's so above like all of that it's uh, Tim Cook and Bezos right yeah at the top and then you have the CEO of Bojangles Chicken which is the ACC I just love Bojangles. Uh, and then Who you doesn't? have some small business owners at the bottom there. Listen, a, fi- a fine place created St- in the Carolinas, just like the ACC. So see what I did there? Because Clemson's the leader of the pack. I, I, well, yeah, I, I see that. I see that. And now I want Bojangles because they'll put pimento cheese on, on a biscuit for 69 cents extra. Wow. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great place. All right, Ari. <laughs> we have bantered enough about off-the-field things. We've had months. You don't want to, to tackle, about tackle Lester off- Lee's question here? Oh, we have Lester <laughs> Lee question? Well, Urban want Nebraska. Maybe he will. Let's let Scott Frost get fired first. We'll tackle that in a bit. But now, Ari, 
we must talk games because there are games. You're listening to this on a Thursday, unless you're watching us live on the YouTube stream. There are games tonight. It's happening. First week one game night. And we got some doozies. Ari, well, we got two big ones. We'll kind of sandwich them around the rest of Thursday night's action. But we know how we feel about Pittsburgh on this podcast. That it's not negative because it's not that Pittsburgh loses. It's that Pittsburgh doesn't do what Vegas thinks Pittsburgh's going to do. And it is frustrating. And doesn't definitely doesn't do what it thinks what you think they're going to do. That's for never, sure. Never, never. <laughs> ever. Vegas is right sometimes. You're just always wrong. It's usually uh, when I think they're going to be great though that 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 they don't. Yeah, they don't do what I'm supposed. People to People think they're going to be very good this year, don't they? They are. I mean, they they bring back most of the guys on the line of scrimmage. They bring back. I mean, look, this is going to sound very reductive and stupid. They bring back everybody but the first round quarterback and the Blitnikoff winner, basically. Was that first round quarterback good, plays for think? the Steelers now, Kenny Pickett, and Jordan Addison transferred to USC. Do you think that's like a big deal? I think that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> their offensive coordinator's gone. The receiver's coach is gone. They've replaced those guys, obviously. Uh, the new quarterback comes from USC. Of course, the team they're playing on Thursday night, old rival. Their quarterback comes from USC by way of Georgia. And their offensive coordinator comes from USC. This backyard brawl already has everything. I love this game so much. I, I, I have not decided how I'm picking it. I will have to decide. And I'll go to, if I, if I wind up changing it, because I did all my week, week one picks on Run Your Pool, but I, ha, I, I can go back and change them right before kickoff. Or yeah, I'm going to change kickoff. a few of mine. I didn't have a so, really good start, Andy. Well, this one, so I'm looking at BetMGM right now. It's Pittsburgh minus seven. There was a hook on this for most of the week. I don't like the lack of hook now because I was all set to take West Virginia. The lack of hook bothers me now. Yeah, well, that hook is like a 5% difference probably. Uh, so you, you could feel pretty good about it. Um, I just can't wait to watch JT Daniels sling it, man. I haven't, see, I haven't seen or been to a game as a fan in 10 years, uh, a college game, mm -hmm. like where I sat in the stands this game, for whatever reason, makes me wish I was going as a fan. Oh, it would be amazing. Just be to amazing. sit there and just drink and enjoy it without having to think about it, take notes, just watch it. Because I think that Morgantown's a pretty underrated... Uh, well, pretty... This game this game's not in Morgantown. What, what's not? Oh, it's at Pitt. Okay. Well, still the same thing, uh, you know, kind of... It's an NFL stadium, but the, trust me, the, the not mixture of Pittsburgh anymore. and West Virginia fans will make it a very, very lively oh, atmosphere. Man. I thought for for all week I've been thinking it's in West Virginia. Um, I don't know. This is a really hard coin flip game to me in terms of where to go on the spread. It's so I I don't think I'm going to pick with any sort of brilliant statistical analysis because i think i think if it, if i'm just analyzing then i believe that pittsburgh it, you know how i feel about play along the line of scrimmage pittsburgh is old and experienced successful experience mind you on the offensive and defensive lines 
Like, I should be picking Pittsburgh. But you know my history with Pittsburgh. There was the mayonnaise incident. It, it's it's a whole thing. So what do, what is your how do you take into account the fact that this is a hundred year old rivalry that's had its ups and downs? Uh, does that factor in at all? Not really to me because it's not been played every year. You know, this is the fifteenth year, fifteen year anniversary of, of that pit upset of that two thousand seven West Virginia team that was going to play for the national title had they won the game. But I don't. I mean, none of these players were aware of football when that game happened. Yeah, I don't know. It does seem like a, they're they're so close together on the map. But I mean, and and then both of them are breaking into new offenses. Like I don't know how you know who's going to adjust quicker to the to the new offense that they're seeing. Uh, you mentioned JT Daniels is starting for for West Virginia. We can safely Gra- say, assume that Keaton Slovis is the better quarterback, right? So if you have Pitt here, can, that's more can we ex- assume that? Can we? I mean. He did beat out JT Daniels when both of them were healthy. I get, I guess, at USC. When if you were when Daniels building came back a college from football team after 2019, if you were building a college football team and had to pick between those two teams to build players to build around, who would you pick? All of their players? No, just the quarterback. Oh, those two players? You, yeah, those two quarterbacks. You have to pick one or the other to build around. Oh, that's who would a you coin flip too? Because here's the thing: Daniels looked great as a freshman. Got hurt. We've not seen much of him since. He got hurt at Georgia. Stetson Bennett never gave the job back. Slovis was fantastic that first year at USC. Then he got hurt. Forgot how to throw. His mechanics got, and he talked about this with with Antonio Morales, our our USC beat writer. It was really a fascinating story. And I was, you know, you felt so bad for Keaton Slovis dealing with this. I don't know who I would pick of the two. This This is the problem here. Like, and then you got Keaton Slovis talking trash. You got the, the, Pit or the West Virginia people putting it on the the video board on the the honorary Pac-Man Jones locker in the locker room. I mean, like, I do think that this does kind of have like a rivalry feel to it, and the fact that it's well, on it a is. Thursday I mean, it's night a rivalry game. Oh, yeah, yeah. But you you just said that the players yeah. I don't know how around. much these players, it, it, but it does feel it like it. It feels like it just because of of the distance between the two, the fact that the cultural differences between these two are vast, despite the fact that it's only an hour and a half away from each other. Um, I, uh, you know, in this game, I expect it to be close. I think the seven and a half would be a nice little, a nice little cushion here. That's that I was seven and a half. I felt more confident picking West Virginia. I do not now. And I, I mean, everything says I should pick Pittsburgh. But the problem is, every time I get in that situation where everything says I should pick Pittsburgh, I pick Pittsburgh. If and, you pick and Pitt, I'm going to put my house mayonnaise. on West Virginia. <laughs> what happens if I pick West Virginia? You're going to lose. Pitt wins by 30 if you pick West Virginia. You can't win. <laughs> so you're saying it does not matter what I do. It's not about what they're going to do. It's about what you're going to do. That's what's going to determine the game here. So I'm going to pick the wildest result. I'm going to go for the wildest result then, which would be picking West Virginia. Because they could they could cover and lose in a very close, exciting game. Okay, so pit by a hundred. I suppose. I'm I'm locking I'm gonna myself pick, in. I'm going to lock myself in for West Virginia plus seven uh, in run your pool. Well, I'm taking West Virginia too. Okay. Do I need to switch now? Band of Brothers, Andy, rent it. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want to be on the same side as me in this a game involving Pittsburgh? This is the side that I was going to pick before your pick. So all you've done is make me feel worse about it. Well, I'm glad I can help. 
Yeah. Glad I could help. Uh, Go Bucks 05. When is the Akron St. Francis pick coming up? Come on, Fighting Joe Moorheads all the way. Zips. There are a lot of games. What do the Zips have to cover in this game? That's we we gotta we gotta find that one. There might not even be a line for that. I I don't I don't know if there is. I don't think there is a line for that one. Um, Akron is a hundred thousand plus one hundred thousand to win the national title. Uh, there's no line for it that I yeah, can see. Okay. I, I was going to say, I, I didn't have it on my BetMGM app because I figured there wasn't one. So We'll be right back after these words. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. All right, so what's next? Toledo, Long Island? <laughs> how about Central <laughs> How about Central Michigan, Oklahoma State? The fighting Jim McElwain's head to Stillwater. I cannot get that Oklahoma State opener last year out of my head. Where it... it you know, you you knew okay. These guys are these guys are pretty good defensively. How are they going to be offensively? I feel like now it's it, maybe it's a little bit different kind of game because Jim Knowles is gone, but Derek Mason comes in and they're doing the same thing with Derek Mason that they did with with the offensive coordinators. The reason they've been so good offensively, despite having a bunch of different coordinators, is they kept the language the same. Same thing for the players. The language yep. is the same. Derek Mason had to learn a new language, basically. I I mean, I would assume that they stay pretty good on defense. I've been watching Rodrigo on uh, on Hard Knocks, so I know that they don't have the, the same guys, but they do bring back some good players. Well, here's, here's a little stat for you that um, I will share for you to pick in this game. Okay. Every single starting player on the offensive line is a junior or a senior mm-hmm. and every single starter on the defensive line is a senior. Yes. They're old. And Spencer Sanders has been in college since I was in high school. So I, I don't know if everybody makes that joke or not about how long he's been in it, but Spencer Sanders is definitely one of those players that seems to have been in school forever. Right? Yes. And he's a talented quarterback. You know, it seems like they're a pretty veteran team and usually that's been a pretty good um, scenario uh, for Mike, this is a 21 and a half point spread. The only reason I say that is that they had, you know, I, I believe it was Missouri State they opened with last year that it, I believe it was a one one score game. Uh, then they played Tulsa in a close game. So that that's the only concern I have is is a, a slow start. I, I'm really not worried about them winning the game. I'm, I'm just worried about them covering the spread. Yeah, I think they also had a very close game with somebody two years ago in the non-conference too, right? They did. I'm, uh, I'm trying to remember what game. I believe that was. was a Tulsa game. 
to start. Is that, that Tulsa was, too? Yeah, Tylen Wallace got going there in the third quarter. Finally, they kind of snapped out of their funk. Yeah, but, I think it was Tulsa. You're right. But yeah, um, Colin Oliver and Tyler Lacey, two defensive linemen, you know, or edge rushers that could could make life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. So that that's the question: is is do they get over the whole slow start thing? Because it is kind can, of crazy to think, Andy, that the team that became that was one yard away from winning the Big Twelve last year beat Missouri State by seven, Tulsa by five, and Boise State by one in the non conference last year. Yeah. Yeah. It took them a while to get going. It really did. Once they I think it was a case of figuring out what their identity was. Like figuring out this defense is awesome. So let's just kind of ride yeah. this. Let's be conservative on offense. And the year before they beat Tulsa sixteen to seven. Yeah. So So but I I like I like uh, Oklahoma State here in this yeah. spot. Yeah, so let's I, I think I'm gonna take Oklahoma State to All cover right, 21 and a half. I'm about to explode. I have to ask you this question with a straight face. Do it, do it, do it. Is Purdue gonna beat Penn State on Thursday night? Oh no, no, no. We we not, the hat's the sand that's the other piece of bread on the sandwich. So oh, oh we have to be in the meat still? Okay. We got one we'll more game to talk. We're gonna talk about one more game and then we're gonna talk about okay, Purdue. Because I'm ready State to take a we, bite out of that sandwich. We gotta talk about Peru and Penn State. Okay. We'll we'll talk about the team Purdue beat in the bowl game last year. Uh, if you if you watch the Music City Bowl, they're still th- probably still throwing touchdown passes. Aiden O'Connell and Hinton Hooker, but Ball State opens at Tennessee, thirty five and a half point favorites. The old Vols. We know Tennessee is going to be able to score points. The question is Tennessee's defense. Ball State was very good in that abbreviated twenty twenty season. Fell back to earth. Went six and seven last year. Tennessee should be able to score buku points on everyone. The question is, can they can they stop an over? Can that defense stop a team that should be overmatched? Yeah, and the thing the thing too is that like people look at max schools and they're like, uh, they they can put up points. Like if you have a if you have a leaky defense, you know they can find the end zone. Um, you know I like Ball State in this matchup because I think that. 35 and a half, and a half is a lot, is a of, lot points. of points. Yeah. And I think that they could maybe score 17 or 21 in this game. And if they do, then I don't know if Tennessee's going to quite get there, especially considering the fact that it's an opener. Uh, it's a weeknight. Um, and I still have to believe what I see for multiple seasons. You know, I think Tennessee's going to be, listen, I think that uh, Tennessee staff got about as much out of them as they could have a year ago. And my hats is off to them, but, um, you know, it's an opener, and I, I'm always banking on a few kinks, and 35 and a half is a ton of points. I just think with Hendon Hooker having the full season, full off season as You the are guy, the president of the Hendon Hooker I fan love Hendon Hooker. I'll be, yeah. I'll be perfectly honest. I, I love Hendon Hooker. And I, I saw Cedric it happen Tillman. last year. I can't remember exactly what game it was, but we were watching it, and you might were watching been, it. It might have been the pit game. It, and oh, you were oh, just like, ooh, like your oh, eyes were no, like. It was the, when you that saw was the Ole Miss game. That was when they threw the mustard bottle. Cause he, yes, yes, yes. He just kept getting just murdered. And getting up <laughs> and time after time. I was like, this this guy's teammates have to just love him. And then I visited there in the spring, and yes, absolutely, they love him. Yeah, so, yeah. John Macwatt just said, I don't know, I can buy Tennessee off on scoring 56. Yep. Like and that's, and that's what I'm buying. I, I'm going to take yeah. the balls to cover in that game. We got to talk about a big one in the Big Ten. This game's on Fox. Did you realize, Ari, that, that Joe Buck was essentially traded for this game? <laughs> I think I remember reading that somewhere, but I don't remember the actual details. It was me. part of the deal with, with when Fox let Joe Buck out, Joe Buck out of his contract to go to ESPN. Fox got the right to 
broadcast this game, which is amazing. It's just an amazing. <laughs> like Al Michaels was once traded for a cartoon character at one point when he, I, I forget which network he was going from or to, but somebody relinquished the rights to a cartoon character. It's like, what could the athletic get for you in a trade? Who would you trade me to? That's the question. Okay, we're going to trade Who? you to... Um, we'll trade you to The Ringer. Okay. And do we get back their NFL podcast? Well, we already stole their NFL podcaster. We have Robert Mays. Do we get... Do we get their, like, coverage of the new HBO... Uh, the new HBO uh, show? So, What's the show? My, House of the Dragon? House yeah, of the Dragon. So yeah, my, my, former, my former editor from SI, Mallory Rubin, who's very high up at the ringer, she's known as the Queen of Dragons. She was actually on the HBO show talking about Game of Thrones after the show uh, had aired. She is one of the world's foremost experts on the George R.R. Martiniverse that would not be a fair trade for the ringer to get me and then they have to I think I very power. much have underestimated how popular those shows are. <laughs> well, also having worked with Mallory, I can assure you Mallory's worth a lot more than me just in general. I don't know. So, you put me on the spot about what the terms would be. I just think it's funny to think about like people trading employees for anything in return. It is it is amazing though like that this was Joe Buck, essentially. So, what the the greatest trade of the of this type that I ever heard of that never happened is when uh, when Katie Dolan was working for Fox. There was a proposed trade that never came to fruition, in which Fox would get Ian Dark, the soccer announcer, and Marty Smith, and this was before Marty had had shot to superstardom doing college football stuff. He was still doing mostly NASCAR and ESPN had lost a bunch of NASCAR rights and Fox had picked up a bunch of NASCAR rights. So it made sense why they might do this. But what an accent swap that would have been. Ian Dark, the greatest British accent going, and Marty Smith, the greatest Southern accent going, would all have been going to Fox. Could the athletic trade us? I mean, we're under contract, so conceivably, yeah. I have to check my contract to see work? if I have no trade clause. What if I have what, a no trade clause? What, what if the athletic like just <laughs> traded me to Golden Corral? <laughs> Congratulations, Ari. You're now you're now working the four p.m. to one a.m. shift at Golden Corral. The you get to the clean out the chocolate fountain. <laughs> that's scary. Uh, that's funny. Um, okay, yeah, that's a that's a funny uh, little twist of this podcast. I didn't see coming, but okay. Let me ask you again. We're back to the bread, right? Yes, we're this is this Purdue is, really <laughs> is Purdue going to beat Penn State on Thursday night. So as you've pointed out several times in this game has come up, Purdue lost the best player on either side of the ball, David Bell and George Karloftis, which yep. obviously makes a huge difference. Both of them are going to be very successful NFL players. Purdue, however, does return one of the best quarterbacks in the Big Ten and maybe one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Aiden O'Connell. Now, he's going to be throwing really, I mean, so Tyrone Tracy and Charlie Jones, the Iowa transfers, could be big-time targets for him this year, which is amazing to me to think about that Purdue may just have exported some of it or imported some of its passing game from Iowa. But if you were if you were an Iowa receiver... And you, you, you the take that trade, play with those quarterbacks or play with Aiden O'Connell. You're you're leaving. Yeah, 
Um, I'm just like sitting here in my office thinking about what the first game of the post James Franklin contract extension being a loss to Purdue in the season opener looks like. It would be a nightmare for them. It'd be a nightmare. But because you know, Penn State fans are already at the end of their ropes with him. But are you know how I feel about road favorites on a weeknight? I know. Like, I mean, the spread's three and a half, so it's not like this is going to be some sort of major upset if Purdue wins the game. This is like a three, Penn State's laying three and a half, and like you're nervous to take that. Now, you've said over and over again that you feel like this is kind of a a bridge year for Penn State, that next year they could be, you know, much more talented roster. You're supposed to beat Purdue in the bridge year, by the way. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. But what if Purdue's good? Purdue what was very good, good last what year. What does good mean? Like nine wins? Nine good? win team. Purdue won nine games last year. Yeah. I mean, if Purdue wins nine games again, Jeff Brom's getting a contract somewhere else, right? Purdue can pay him. I mean, that, they sure this, can. I'm telling you, Purdue enters that Kentucky best job in the universe discussion because if you're if you're at a Big Ten school that is not used to being successful and you can produce fairly consistent success, they're going to pay you a fortune. Yeah, I just see the plan at Kentucky with the consistent success is outlined already. I don't know what that plan is at Purdue. Right, that, and that's the difference. But we've seen Jeff Brom win some big games. We've seen Jeff Brom get his team up for some big games. And he schemes the, the crap out of some of these games. Right. So we'll see. Now, Penn State, new defense coordinator, because Brent Pry is, is, the, is now the head coach at, at Virginia Tech. So you, your defensive coordinator bit. is pretty good, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that's the part. I, I, I don't feel like much has changed at Penn State. I still think they're they're one of the better programs in the country. Their talent level is still like if, if we're going stars matter on this thing, Penn State still has an advantage here. Disadvantage is the most uh, important position, though which we know can be an equalizer at times, especially on the road. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, you've got Manny Diaz coming as the defense coordinator at Penn State, changing. He doesn't necessarily have to change that much. And he's been successful as a coordinator. So I don't know. I, I was on Purdue months ago. I was, I was ready. You saw this coming months Purdue. ago, huh? No, I just thought... This feels like a trap, This or not even a trap, but this feel. Ross Aid is going to be ready to blow the roof off. It's going to be like when Ohio State came in 2018. It's going to be that sort of atmosphere. First game of the season, they're super excited. They had a really good year last year. They got a good quarterback coming back. Like It's going to be a tough environment. Now, I know Purdue isn't Wisconsin by any stretch of the imagination, but doesn't this kind of remind you of last year's opener for for Penn State, they had to open up on the road in Madison, and it was yes. an ugly, hard game to watch, and they won by six going away. The, the difference is, I don't think Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin is still kind of like, eh, I don't know about our quarterback. Purdue, they got a dude back there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Penn State is going to be my pick here because I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw caution to the wind. You just don't want to see what happens Next, if they lose to Purdue, you don't you don't want to see. I, I genuinely the, think they're just going to win the game. The email, the email that Audrey Snyder is going to have to read. 
if from her readers if if they lose to Purdue. Yeah, no, I feel for Audrey if that were to happen, but I just you know, Aiden O'Connell is um is a very good player and I think that Purdue will be able to score well, and, points. And look, but Sean I, Clifford is not I I I feel like people don't give Sean Clifford any credit at all. Like Sean Clifford is a decent quarterback. Like they beat Iowa last year if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt. Yeah. And maybe that maybe we're looking at that season entirely differently. Yeah. I, I mean, like I've people who've listened to me on the show talk about Drew Aller, uh, think that I think Sean Clifford is terrible. I don't think he's terrible. But here's the thing I will say Purdue won nine games a year ago, but Purdue, for the first time in program history, had a actual argument for having the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the Big Ten. Now, you might be like, well, what about Aiden Hutchinson? What about Chris Olave? What about Garrett Wilson? The fact that they have an argument for right. David Bell and George Karloftis a year ago, I mean, in, in two very important positions right. as well. And you wouldn't be completely laughed out of the room. You would not be. The, so the, the fact suggest, that that even yeah. was a thing, um, I don't know if I'm ready well, and, to get back and, and on how, the nine-win train. This? So they had David Bell and George Karloftis, and, and like the George Karloftis story is really interesting about how he got there. He was you know, living there, didn't want to go far from home, had offers to go elsewhere. But you've seen Jeff Brom get some players now that, like, he yeah, got Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore could have gone anywhere. Uh, four-star top 300 defensive end from Indy uh, yeah. this week. So Yeah. So we've seen Jeff Brom do this. So I, I'm starting to think. There might be somebody knows, else there that we're not we're not yeah. aware of yet. That's yeah, yeah. he knows up. what the hell he's doing. I mean, David Bell was to a cover. top 115 player, and George Karloftis was a top 70 player. It's not like they just like fell out of the sky, right? George Karloftis was a big time recruit. Yeah, I mean, he was he a fringe five star prospect. To stay yeah, close to home because his mom was dealing. You know, they, they had moved over here after his dad died. There was a whole, you know, there was a lot of reasons why he wanted to stay close to home and go to Purdue. So that, but Rondell Moore. He obviously knew Jeff Brom from before. Jeff Brom is a, a Kentucky guy and, and so understood, you know, where Rondell Moore was. There's been kind from. of a hook to all these. Yeah. But I think Jeff Brom has also shown that if you are a very good player, that they will feature you and you will be drafted pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I think that the the actual truth is we talk about uh, NFL talent development at these big time programs and the fact is, is if you're really, really good coming out of high school and you put the work in, you know, 99% of the power five schools will get you drafted. You know, oh, yeah. you'll Absolutely. get drafted. It's like the, the secret's out. Um, and they did a good job of getting him and it certainly paid dividends. I just don't know if I'm on the Purdue's going to win 18 games in two years train right now. I don't think they have to win 18 games in two. Like, I don't, they don't have to be a nine win team to win this game. No, I know, but that's the type of team that you would expect could win this game. I, what, like, what are the implications for Penn State here? Like, is this kind of like, uh, win eight or nine games this year, have a solid season, sign this class that they have get put together and start the Aller, the Aller, uh, era fresh next year with a bunch of expectations? Or do they want to win or expect to win 10 games again? It's Penn State. You should always expect to win a lot of games. You should always expect to compete. I know, but what's the fan temperament? Like, are they coming into the season expecting big things or are they jazzed? They're not jazzed. I mean, we, we've talked about that. We've had them talk to us. We've had them talk to Audrey. They're not super pumped for this season. Yeah. So you're going Purdue? 
I'm going with Purdue. Yeah, I'm going to go Penn State. I, I, it's kind of one of those things of like playing poker and you get to the river. Yeah. Somebody shoves. It's like I want to see it. So I'll lose if I lose, but I'm going to I'm going to see it to the end. I listen. I, I have no problem with that. I you you can you can make a convincing argument either way. I just great I game feel, though. Very excited to watch. I'm, it. I'm so excited. This I is, really wish that they weren't on at the same time. Yeah, uh, I know. But but the thing is, it's it's, it's prime time on a weeknight. You can only really. You can start in between seven and seven p.m. and nine p.m. Eastern. That's that's your window right there. So they're going to have to overlap. Yeah. So this is going to be a lot of fun, Ari. I am so excited. But before we leave, and I realize we've gotten into uh, hour and five minute. Ari talks about aliens territory, but we're not going to do that. Did we, you we watch have... the Phoenix Lights thing? No. We're going <laughs> to talk kidding. about McDonald's, <laughs> another one of Ari's most favorite subjects. Uh, Nate Kalepo at Washington. Uh, this is from Mike Vorl, who's the he's the Wash, the Seattle Times Washington beat writer. So Nate dropped 30 pounds of weight while adding 100 pounds to his squat during the offseason. And according to Mike, he did it in part by dropping McDonald's. This was his order every single time at McDonald's. Every time, he said. Two double quarter pounders, two McChickens, a large fry, an Oreo McFlurry and a large Coke every Dude. time he went to McDonald's. I thought as a college student. You said double quarter pounder, right? Double no, quarter pounder. Yeah. That's, a, that's a 740 calories per double quarter pounder, by the way, if you're ke- keeping track at home. Um, a, a Twitter user named Terry, who's very helpful and, and good at math. So he has no place on this podcast, but. 3,560 calories, 165 grams of fat, 386 grams of carbs, 143 grams of protein, 4,580 milligrams of sodium, and 58 grams of saturated fat. I mean, I've put down some McDonald's in my day. I don't know if even my fattest moment that I would be able to eat that much food. That's what I was trying to think. And the the thing about it, too, is that it's like, the mixing of McFlurry after all that with Coke, it's just like you're putting a lot of different elements in your body there. That's, that's a lot that, of sugar. That's a that's a lot of bubble guts right there is what that sounds like. Because <laughs> so, um, those double quarter pounders are big. I mean, they're heavy sandwiches. So I, I will, in high school, McDonald's, I was a 20 McNugget, two supersized fry, large Coke. That was my high school McDonald's order. But that's not nearly as much as this. 20 McNuggets and two supersized fries. Oh, yeah, that's a lot of fries. I love fries. The, now, my Wendy's order might have been a little more comparable. My Wendy's order was four double stacks, but that's a quarter pound. That's not the double quarter pounder. So each, but it's, I guess it's a pound of, of meat either way because I had four of them. Uh, four double stacks, a large fry, a large frosty, and a large. Coke or sweet tea. My McDonald's order uh, at my worst in my life was always the filet fish meal mm-hmm. with the side cheeseburger. Would you supersize it? No, I never supersized it. Um, What's wrong with you? I'm Why not would done you with want my order a dinky yet. thing of fries? I'm a big variety person. I don't know if you know this about me. I know. I, I've listen. I've heard your mall food court. <laughs> yeah. Potpourri so I theory. always went air, land, and sea. So I do the uh, the, the fillet of fish meal, medium, just regular mm-hmm. size, 
a cheeseburger and a four-piece nugget. Four-piece nugget? What's a point? I mean, there's a certain point where it's just like a lot of food. I mean, like, I, I can't have a 10-piece nugget, a double-quarter pounder, and a double filet of fish It's just too much. So it's, it's, it's a little bit of everything, which is what I like. Hank on our live stream. The man ate four entrees, fries, and a Coke, and Ari's worried about the McFlurry on top. <laughs> well, it's not about – I'm not worried about, like – like the amount of food, I'm just saying it's a it's a volatile ingredient to throw down the gullet along with all that other stuff. I'm just so I you know do what dairy think, does to some people's stomachs. Oh yeah, I do think 18 year old Andy could have put down his order and been okay. I will tell you right now, 43 year old Andy would vomit halfway through. Yeah, I think I could do the two double quarter pounders. Large fry and McFlurry. I don't know. It's the chicken sandwiches that really. That McFlurry is going to feel so heavy. You eat that McFlurry at the end. Yeah. And and as someone who does not drink the fully leaded soda anymore and hasn't for. That would, probably, it would make you feel sick if you ate Yeah, it. I mean, I, I don't think I've had full strength soda except on rare occasions like where maybe I get a Mexican Coke with, you know, a certain like when I'm at in Texas getting barbecue. Um it's probably been 20 years and like that would be just so heavy. The large full, full on Coke. And I would love to, I would love to try this as a bet, but I think I'm going to respectfully decline that this year. Cause I just don't want to eat that stuff right now. <laughs> I mean, well, me and Nicole may have to bet on that. Well, we'll yeah, see. I mean, I'll let you do it if you think you could maybe do it, but I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't oh, want to stick the needle Hank, back in my arm. Hank says, my brother and I tried it down a, Laura, a long, long John Silver's treasure chest each in college. Realized it's the worst decision of my life about eight <laughs> chicken planks in. Now I will, okay, here's, here's why I think I might, be, might have been able to pull this off in my, in my heyday. This was my high school Long John Silver's order. My mom would occasionally stop and pick this up. Uh, please cast no, no judgments on my mom. She should have said no, but she didn't. She would call. What would you like? My usual. 10 chicken planks and what Long John Silver's called the fries for four. That's what I would eat. And usually I would eat that about 4.30 and go back and eat something else later. So what's that like uh, during your football days? Yeah. So at least you were like super active because like that's – here's the thing about Long John Silver's. It's delicious. The batter's delicious. They actually have very underrated chicken tenders, and people don't realize it because it's in the... The chicken plates are amazing because it's in fish batter. It's in the fish batter. Yeah. But there is no place on earth that will make you feel worse after you're done eating a meal. (laughs) It's like... It's like... My metabolism was so revved up at this point, and my, my system was so used to the garbage that I was putting into it, that didn't even phase me. Yeah, I don't know how you could do that. I mean, without wanting to just like sit there on your couch with the fan on for the next four hours. I couldn't. There's no. I couldn't even eat half that now. No way. I mean, it's a lot of food, Andy. You're not supposed to be able to eat half that. I know, but it's it's, it's <laughs> strange. It is strange being this person in this body now, after being that other person in that other body for so long. I mean, like maybe you'll have to eat some wild Alaskan Long John Silver's Pollock here. <laughs> well, it's, like I went on on pardon my taking before we uh, before we started recording big cats like you can't ever talk about being the fat guy again and i'm like i'm not going to but it is still strange to me to have been that person who could eat all that stuff and now i probably just couldn't 
Like yeah, you, you don't. Well, do I mean, it. I saw what you did at Chompy's, and that was only three years ago. Yeah. Do you think you oh. could do that now? No, not a chance. I'd be doubled over in pain. Yeah. Chompy's is a uh, a deli in Phoenix. The those what are they? What 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 sli- what were the sliders? Those things were amazing. Yeah, they were. Um, they were uh, Jewish sliders. They were the it was roast beef pas- on challah, right? No, it was, it was pastrami on challah bread. That's with what a, it was. Pastrami on challah. But oh. on the on the slider, you also had a potato pancake on the sandwich, which I don't think you recall. And you had an entire Reuben, which was a mile high Reuben sandwich. That was yeah. You ate that whole no, thing. It was, a, it was like a corned beef and pastrami, but yeah. Yeah, whatever it was, it was yeah. the meat was that thick. And oh yeah, yeah. You ate both sides, both pieces of rye bread. The Two entire of fries, I think. The entire I ate my order, fries, and I, I think I stole Landis's fries too. The entire order of fries on that plate, and then you had, I think, was it twelve of the sliders? No, or eight. no, they're big. It was like it was like six of them. It was the most food I've ever seen a human being eat in one sitting in my entire life. And then we covered the game. We covered and the Ohio State. Like if I would have eaten that much, and I wish I would have, that's like a coma. I felt good. I told uh, my but, dad about it after I was in awe of you. Speaking of which, Ari's dad obviously was on the show He's on our bonus episode now. after the, the Nebraska loss to Northwestern. Shout out to Ari's dad's dentist, who yeah. is a listener. Yeah, and if you're listening to the show right now, you made my father's day. He texted me. He goes, Ari, you're famous. I'm like, trust me, I'm not. Uh, but he recognized my dad's face from the YouTube video. Love it. Love it, it wasn't even his name. It was his face, which makes him the celebrity, really. Are we uh, big with dentists? Is that a thing? I mean, I would listen to the show while cleaning teeth. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking care of my father's teeth, sir. I don't know yes. what your name is, but maybe I'll get a cleaning next time in Phoenix. Uh, you can take care of mine. Hank says that I should host Man versus Food. Great food in even greater quantities. I, I agree. I don't know why oh, they did don't you ever bring watch it back Man versus Food. When you watch Man versus Food, did you ever think yeah, I could do that? I, I knew I could. Well, no. There, there were some that I knew I couldn't do. Uh, the the super spicy challenges, there's no way. Because some of those yeah. things are so ungodly hot. Like, you would be... There'd be some GI issues, some distress for like a week. I think I could have done some of the the quantity challenges, but like Adam Richman, when he did that show, like you saw him by the end of the first season, he looked like he was going to die. And you notice he lost a bunch of weight and then they brought it back and he wasn't doing any of the challenges. They'd, they'd find some people who were local to do the challenges because he's probably like, I am not going to really do this to myself. But there's some people on YouTube that do eating challenges that will eat like, I mean, I saw, I mean, not that this is a um, unique perspective because Joey Chestnut is a professional eater, but didn't he eat like 57 Big Macs in one sitting or something? Oh, his, like the these people eat, these yeah. people eat, like me and you are talking about this meal. He, that, that's a, that's a, a mint before his meal. You know, right. Whatever and there's no joy in that. That is that is for sheer quantity. Like, I enjoy eating. Like, there's nothing that seems appetizing about the way he has to eat the hot dogs for the but hot dogs. But there's some people on YouTube, like this Raina Wong person is, a, is a, a woman, actually, and she just smashes large, large quantities of food. I mean, I'm talking like, we're not talking about like 3,700 calories. We're talking like 30,000 calories in one sitting. You know what I yeah. mean? And I don't even know how the human human stomach can even handle any of that stuff. So, Hey, listen, if you, if you got the gift, I guess use it. I, I don't have it. I, I, it's, when people ask, like, do you miss being the, known as the food guy? I don't. I would rather be this size now and, and you'd rather have a six pack. I'm gonna it's, slap you through this through it's this like thing. Four, 
I, the the last two are, are a work in progress. Your your uh, washboard abs are making me forget who you once were, and it's a bad thing. Yeah, it's uh, the last two. I'm still working on, but we'll get there. We're it's, there. There is time. All right, Ari. Games. They're games. coming. We got games. I, I realize people who are in charge of college sports that you have things you want to do and you want to vote on playoff stuff and all that. That's fine. But guess what? Get it over with. Let us enjoy our games this weekend. We've been waiting a long, long time. We'll talk to you on Friday.